Thanks for joining us for this podcast. We hope that it inspires you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about the life and ministry of City Lights Church and how you can connect with us at city-lights.church. Hello, my name is Steph. If we haven't met before, I look forward to meeting you very soon. Um, I am so excited to speak to you today. I have been praying this week um, for you and for uh, what God has asked me to share to you today. And I really believe that God is going to enlighten the eyes of your heart this morning. I've been praying that over you, that God will open the eyes of your heart and your eyes, the eyes of your heart will be enlightened. So I'm really believing for that today. And uh, it is such an honor to speak to you. I've been at the part of this church for about two and a half years now, not from when it began, but very soon after that. And I just love this community. Um, it has been become so much like my home and I love all of you. And so, yeah, it's really, it's really an honor to come and, and share the word of God with you today. And uh, so I, I was born in the 90s. I'm a millennial. Any millennials? Yeah, yeah, I'm a bit of an old millennial. So, uh, but uh, but I remember dial-up internet. Who remembers dial-up internet? Probably everyone over my age, honestly. But um, yeah, but what a time that was. That was really fun. And I remember when uh, we to get a TV show, we couldn't stream it. But a time before streaming, I know, John. This is this is you, right? You remember? Before <laughs> <laughs> Where <laughs> time before time when dinosaurs roamed the earth. No, just kidding, John. Just kidding. I love you. Just joking. Um, but yeah, you know, do you remember when we had to watch TV like one episode and then it would leave us on a cliffhanger and then we had to wait a whole nother week for an episode. And then like when we were trying to watch our wonderful TV show, there was these ad breaks in the middle every about 10 minutes. And if you were really unlucky, there would be the same ad. Every single time. And it was like, you know, it was like YouTube now, except you can't skip the ads. So you just had to wait for them and like, you know, go to a bathroom break. But there was some actually like really good ads that were like, that's going to get stuck in my head. And now I feel like they've become an Australian icon, some of these. Let's see if you remember them. One of my favorites was uh, this ad. It was a Yellow Pages ad, again, something that we don't really use now. Um... It was a Yellow Pages ad. Who remembers this line? Not Happy Jan. Anyone? Yes. Okay, good. I was I was hoping it wasn't just going to be me. Um, and then there's this other one. It was a broadband internet ad with um, a son and his dad and about how there was too many rabbits in China uh, because he didn't know why the Great Wall of China was built. Too many rabbits in China. Um, there was also this BCF ad, and I have never shopped at BCF in my life. Um, but I remember the ad and it was like it started with this scene of this guy who was um, on the weekend with his kids and doing a nature documentary. I think we have a still, Ash, if you could put that photo up. There we go. He's inside with his kids. They don't look very, very excited. And he's like, look at this nature documentary. And then the line is, that's not living, Barry. Switch to boating, camping and fishing. This is living. I think we have another one. Here we go. Camping, fishing, I'm sorry that it's it's very blurry uh, because it's an old ad. But yeah, but it switched to that's not living, not living at home indoors. This is living, getting outdoors, going, going boating, doing adventures, having a great time outside. That 
is living. And that was living for BCF. Obviously, they wanted to sell uh, their boating, camping and fishing supplies to get people outside. But that was what was living for BCF. And if we were to say this is living to something in our life, what would it be? Would it be when we have, you know, the the big times, the highlights, when we go on vacation, maybe it is camping, boating and fishing for you. Uh, Maybe it is staying indoors and just chilling it to Netflix. Maybe that's, this is living for you. Uh, It might look like uh, time for your hobbies or a time with family and with kids. All these amazing things are what we can classify as living. This is living. But what about all the other times in our life? What about just going to work? What about doing the washing up? What about uh, taking your kids to school? That might be living for you or it might be a chore. Uh, what, about, what about the hard times? What about when we're actually just, life sucks? That's not, it doesn't feel like this is living. It feels like this is hard. And the reality is uh, that we see in, in Philippians with Paul, we see a man of God who's writing this letter to other, this other group of people and he is in prison and he's in chains. And we would look at his life in, in that little frame of reference and go, that's, that's not living. That doesn't look like a living. That doesn't look like a vacation. That doesn't look like a great time. Uh, that looks hard. That doesn't really look like living. It would be far from the picture that we imagine for our lives. When we think about our lives, we're like, okay, I want it to be not in prison, please. That would be really good. But, and we want, we can want like a happy life, a fulfilling life, a comfortable life, and all of those things are not bad desires, but it shows us a focus on the what. Of living, we are focusing on what we're doing in life, what we're doing to live. And Paul in Philippians shows us a different way to think about our lives and to live our lives. So I'm going to start in Philippians 1:20. So here is Paul, and he's he's talking to the Philippians, and he's reflecting on his life and his current circumstances and he's in prison and he's talking about this to the Philippians and he says this, my confident hope is that I will in no way be ashamed, but that with complete boldness, even now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether I live or die. For to me, living is Christ and dying is gain. Now, if I am going on to live in the body, this will mean productive work for me. Yet I don't know which I prefer. I feel torn between the two. Because I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far, which is better by far. But it is more vital for your sake that I remain in the body. Since I am sure of this, I will know, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for the sake of your progress and joy in the faith. So that when, so that what you can be proud of may increase because of me in Christ Jesus when I come back to you. So what is Paul doing? He's talking about his life and he's saying, I'm in this place, I'm in this prison, I think I'm going to get out, but, but I don't know. And even if I don't, that's okay. Even if I stay in prison, even if I die. And we, again, we would look at that and be like, that's, that's not living. How, how, how is he okay with that? And what we see 
is this incredible statement by Paul in verse 21. For to me, living is Christ and dying is gain. In another translation, it it says to live is Christ and to die is gain. And Paul was in, in prison at this time, unsure of the outcome, but what he was sure of was who was at his center, who he was living for. For Paul, Christ was the absolute center of his whole life and his whole existence. Everything was Christ and Christ was everything. And hear me, this isn't just a nice thing to say for Paul. This isn't just like, oh yeah, Jesus is my life. No, this is something that he lived. It's not just because he had a comfortable life. It's not just because things were great and easy. Paul actually had a really hard life. He had many trials, many heartaches. He had, he had great times as well, but he had many hard times. And so this is coming from a place of complete surrender, of completely centering himself, no matter the context, no matter the circumstances in Christ himself. And so Paul was completely content with his current situation because for, for Paul, living wasn't a what, but a who. And for Paul, living was Christ. So it's not what we live for, but who we live for that matters. It's not what we live for, but who we live for, which matters. And we can, we can get caught up in the what of life, of what we're doing, you know, the highlights, the big things, the, the hard things. We can get caught up in all of this what. But the reality is, is living is about a who. And here's the question for us today. Who are you living for? Who are you living for? If, if you were to look at the statement, to live is, what would you put there in your life? Because living is for a who, but it might not be Christ, is living for your family. You're caring for your family, you're looking after them, you're focusing on your, your husband, your wife, your, your kids, is living for them, for caring for them, is living for yourself, living for your career, living to get money, living to prosper, living to, to have a great time, living for adventure, living for the great outdoors, as BCF would love you to live for? Or are you living for Christ? And if I'm honest for me, if I was to put to live is, I so often put myself in that. To live is for myself because I want to be comfortable. I want to have a good time. I want to have a good life. And so I put myself there instead of Christ. And, and none of these things are really that bad to care about. It's good to care about your family, right? It's good to love them, to care for them. It's good to, you know, to, to look after yourself as well and to have good times and to, to have a good career and, and, and build wealth. And all of those things are not necessarily bad. But are these things the centre of our hearts and their life and our lives? Are they taking the place where Christ should be and only Christ should be? Because to live as a Christian is to give our lives completely over to Christ. Is it okay if I share a quick story? Be a tr- bit transparent with you. Hope that's okay. Um, thank you so much, Twinkie. Appreciate your encouragement. Um, so for me, um, a few months ago, 
I was, um, I was reading this book. This was a few months ago. I was reading this great book on prayer and this, the author was sharing about how he lives his life. And he said this, I've dedicated my life to prayer and the pursuit of God. Dedicated my life to the prayer and pursuit of God. What an what a amazing, powerful statement. Uh, but when I read that line, it was like a jolt went through me, a lightning bolt went through me, and I was like, uh, that's not true for me. And I had this realisation that at one point, Christ had been my first pursuit. But somewhere along the line of life, I had gotten off track and He was no longer the centre. He was no longer my sole pursuit. In His place was my own personal ministry goals, was my own personal outworking for Christ. I was working for Christ. I was doing stuff for God. But He had ceased to be my centre and I was focused on ministry. I was focused on uh, my own personal leadership and influence and I was so focused on myself that I had taken my centre off Jesus. And as soon as I realised this, this jolt of conviction went through me and I was like, oh, wow, okay. I, and I repented and I said, God, I'm so sorry for putting my personal ministry goals above my pursuit of you because that's great. You know, what we do here at church, that's amazing. But it shouldn't take the place of my pursuit for for God and my love for God and my pursuit of His presence. Because I want Jesus to occupy the center of my heart and my life always in everything I do and everything else in my life flows out of Him. Everything, everything else I do flows out of the center because I want the who of my life, who I live my life for, not to be myself, but to be Christ. And so I encourage you, would you assess your heart? Would you assess your life? And would you ask Jesus if He's actually the centre or if something else has taken His place? Because here's the thing, and this is an encouragement to us. In Matthew 6, 33, it says, Seek first the kingdom and all of these things will be added to you. Right? Sometimes we can think that, okay, we put Christ at the centre and somehow we lose something. Somehow we, oh, that means we can't focus on the things that we want. We can't focus on our, our family. But that's not true at all. And, and we can think about our needs, but it says right there that all these things will be added to us. All of these worries and these cares will be added to us. See, when we put Christ as the, as the centre, God, He takes care of the rest. He takes care of our needs. He, he takes care of everything because everything flows out of Him. And you might be listening to me speak and you might be like, okay, that's, that sounds good, but my life is pretty good at the moment. I'm, I'm, doing, uh, I'm having a good time, doing some good things, or life is really busy. I don't really have time to do any of that. I don't have time to shift my focus. And maybe, why should I? And it, and there's a scripture, it says in Matthew 10, 38, 40, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, this is Jesus, you will find it. So sometimes we can feel like we're, we're giving up something, but in reality, we're gaining everything. We are gaining everything because Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. He is life itself. And anything else that we get 
apart from him, joy, love, peace, anything else apart from him is just a counterfeit. So if we want the real thing, all we have to do is connect with Jesus. If we want joy, he'll give us joy. If we want peace, he'll give us peace. If we put Jesus at the center, everything else will flow out of us and we'll see our life have real life, have true life. When we put Christ at the center, he'll take care of the rest. And a Christ-centered life, a Christ-centered life is how we truly live. It's not just a good life, but it's actually the best life that we can live. It's not what we live for, but who we live for, which matters. And so Paul in Philippians 1 20, he gives us this example. He shows us a way. He shows us his life as an example to live, to live for Christ. And a little bit later in verse 27, there's actually two two encouragements for us in living for Christ, which I just want to pull out for us. So this life, living for Christ, living for Christ at the centre, what does that look like? Well, in uh, chapter 1, verse 27, it says, Above all, live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come or whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit, one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. So here's the encouragement. Keep Christ at the cent- let me say that again. Keep Christ as the who of your heart and your home. Keep Christ at the center of your heart and your home. See these words in uh it says standing together in one translation it's it's translated as stand firm. And this idea of standing firm is this unflinching courage. It has this idea of a soldier determinately refuse to leave their post even when the battle rages. They're not leaving their post, they're standing firm. And so this idea for us is so important when it comes to Christ, when it comes to living for Christ. For the Philippians who he was talking to, it was incredibly important because they were getting very real persecution. They could have been put in prison. They could have been killed for their faith in Christ, for putting Christ at the centre of their life. And for us, Thankfully, in our, in our Western uh, culture, in Australia, we don't have persecution like that. But we still need to stand firm because there is a very real enemy that would love to pull us away, that would try and distract us from Christ. And, and in our world and in our culture, we are so bombarded by messaging that would try and pull us away and distract us from following Christ. Uh, one of my favourite books is The Screwtape Letters. Uh, this is written by C.S. Lewis, a famous Christian author. And uh, this, these Screwtape Letters um, are letters written from a senior demon to a junior demon. A bit weird. It's a little bit mind-bent. It's, it's, uh, that's partly why I love it so much. But Screwtape, he's the senior demon. He is coaching his nephew on how to influence, how to distract this Christian who he has been given charge over. And so what does he do? He distracts through business, 
through politics, wars, uh, extreme views, counterfeit pleasure and counterfeit joy. And what Screwtape actually says about the kingdom of darkness, Satan, hell, is that it is a kingdom of noise. A kingdom of noise. And that was written in 1942. Imagine, we all know that the noise of our society has increased so much since then. We are constantly bombarded by advertisements, by all of these messaging telling us to live a certain way, to put ourselves first, to put uh, anything else first except for Jesus, to distract us from who He is. And so we get caught up in these things that don't really matter, and sometimes things that really do with family, there's sickness, there's really hard things, there's very real things. And we can get caught up in this, in the worries and the cares of life. And we don't realise that something else other than Jesus has taken the place in the centre of our lives. We've taken Jesus out and we've put something else in. And so Paul encourages us to stand firm in the faith. This is why this is so important, to stand firm, to keep putting Christ at the centre of your heart. Because like me, like I did, you can be walking along in your journey and not realising that you've, you've, you've become misaligned, not realising that your, your focus isn't on Jesus. And so what do we need to do? Just keep coming back to Jesus. Just keep coming back to Jesus. Just keep putting Him at the centre. So stand firm in following Jesus. It's a continual thing. If you think about the image of uh, the soldier in battle, he's standing there and he's constantly pushing back. That's exactly like we have to do. We have to constantly push back to stand firm and keep Christ at the center. And what does this look like in our lives? Because we all have big lives. We all have a lot of stuff going on. Well, it looks like prioritizing Jesus. It looks like being intentional about prioritising Jesus in our lives. Even when you're tired, even when you're busy, it, it's thinking about your calendar, thinking about what your life might look like and how to set Jesus as a priority. I don't know what that looks like for your life. We all have very different lives, very different uh, responsibilities, but think about that. How can you prioritise Jesus? How can you intentionally Place Him at the centre of your whole world, your work, your study, your family. Keep Christ at the centre of your heart. And the second encouragement, keep, keep Christ as the who in your heart and your home. Paul says uh, these words repeatedly in 27. He says, standing together in one spirit in one purpose, fighting together in the faith, which is the good news. When Paul talks about living for Christ, he talks about it as living a part of a community. We are part of the community of God. And we are called not just to live a Christ-centered life in our personal life, but to live a Christ-centered community. And as a church, we are the family of God. This is your family. Like I said before, this is very much like my family. This is your family. I don't know whether you've thought about that before. I don't know whether you've thought of you know, the person sitting next to you as your family before, but we are. And uh, we can have disagreements, all, all, the, all the same like family, but what's at the centre? What's at the centre of our family, our church, is Christ. 
and it it encompasses all of our relationships, just not just here, but in our home, in our personal lives. And how do we do that? What does that actually look like? Well, in the New Testament, there are these great one another statements, and I've just put out a few for us to get a picture of what this looks like to live a Christ-centered community in a Christ-centered church in our home as well. And it says this, here we go. Be at peace with one another. Give preference to one another in honour. Don't grumble among one another. Regard one another as more important than yourself. Be of the same mind with one another. Accept one another. All of these are unifying statements. They talk of oneness, unity amongst our people, being of the same mind, the same breath. Living for one another, loving one another being at peace with one another. And as I said, not just in the church, but in our relationships, in your family, in your friends. Would you intentionally prioritise Christ as the centre of your life and your home? Maybe it's your family, with your kids, with your spouse. Uh, maybe in your, if, you're, if you're single, in your home, with your, uh, in your share house. <laughs> You're welcome. I just wanted to. In your, in your share house, Naomi, how can you be a Christ centered life in your share house? What does that look like for you? Again, maybe it's uh, intentionally looking at your calendar with your kids and your family and going, all right, our lives are really busy, but how can we prioritize Jesus this week? How can we prioritize Jesus this day? That might look looking like praying as a family. And living like these one another statements, living at peace with one another, living from Christ, living with Christ at your centre means letting everything else flow out of Him and receiving Him as your life means joy, peace, freedom, goodness can flow out of your life into your personal relationships, into your life. Everything flows out of putting Christ as the centre of your heart and your home. And here's why a life lived with Christ at the centre of your heart and your home is truly living. This is living. And as I close, I just want to pray for some people. And you might be listening to me and you might be saying, I don't don't really know what that looks like. I have never accepted Christ to be the centre of my life. I don't really fully understand who Jesus is. Or maybe you, at one, po- at one point, you would call yourself a Christian, but now you've moved away from Christ. Now, now you, you don't have Christ as your center. You have, you've lost your way in a way. And here's my encouragement to you. Would you ask Jesus? Would you connect with Jesus? Do you ask Him what He wants for you and from you? And if I could have everyone's heads bowed and eyes closed right now. that's you if you're if while I was speaking you're like I don't know who Jesus is but I want to take my first step in knowing who Jesus is is putting and putting Christ at the center of my heart and my life or maybe you had done this at one point but you want to recommit yourself and you want to start the journey again of living for Christ 
I just want to give you the opportunity to respond. And what I'll ask you to do is just to raise your hand. That's just a declaration to, to God and, and just so I know who I'm going to pray with. Thank you for that hand. If there's anyone else who wants to recommit their life or come start, start following Jesus, start taking the first step in first response. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for those hands. Thank you, God, for those hearts lifted up to you, putting you at the centre. Thank you, Lord, that they are starting a great journey, a journey with you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, that this week you begin to speak to them, show them how they can prioritise you, show them how much you love them, how much you care for them. In Jesus' Name. And with everyone's eyes still closed, I just want to give an opportunity to a second group of people. These people, you you would call yourself a Christian. But as I was speaking, you've realised that your heart is misaligned. Jesus hasn't been and isn't right now the centre of your life. And so I want to give you an opportunity to respond and to make Christ the centre of your life again, to live a life for Christ. And so what I ask you to raise your hand, this is just a sign to Jesus and to me, I'm gonna pray for you to live life with Christ at the centre. So if that's you and you wanna make Christ the centre of your life again, would you raise your hand just so I know who I'm praying with? Thanks for joining us for this message. We hope that it has inspired you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about City Lights Church at city-lights.church.